This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. Alright, part of my whole being mad and insane um, that we've sort of touched on from time to time is to try to not have regrets. And that's almost part of, like, part of this podcast. It's like, not regret, like, not watching a horror film. And we've talked about the stupid spiciness and that kind of thing. I never know where the fuck you are going with these intros. We don't plan this. Every time Peach is like, I've got this. I'm like, cool. It's like, I literally have, I, I, I am all ears. I'm so curious where you're going now, man. So, look... Uh... Well, I try to adopt a no regrets attitude to life. Um, Shag and I did used to host a radio show together, right? And one of my final shows that was not one of Shag's final shows, but it was one of my favorite shows, we interviewed this band called Battles, right? And Battles, like we had a lovely time and um, the song that Shag might edit in, Lion Decker, boom, 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 Make it fair, Lion Decker, great song. Like, seriously, four out of five. Yep. There's my review. Alchemist has this um, record of beats that's called, like, Beats for Rappers to Rap On. And Lion Decker is a classic, like, being like, here's a cool beat. And then Joel Ortiz, we've talked about this a million times ten years ago, but Joel Ortiz comes on and crushes it. But anyway, we're interviewing this band called Battles. And um, we got along with them really well. And, you know, it was like, oh, we're sort of a little bit friends with a little big, like with a band that's kind of big. And this is sort of cool. And and then it was nice. And I think we went to the show. I think they played Manning Bar or somewhere weird. And we might have got a shout out or I could be getting that clouded. But in any case, um, Battles then returned six or nine months later when I was no longer co-hosting the show. And Shag, you were then co-hosting with Sweetie, with, with Victoria Sweetie Zamora who is off taking over the world um, herself at the moment. Sweetie, we love you. You're awesome. Keep killing it. And Battles enjoyed their visit with you and Sweetie so much that they, and you can go and find this Battles album. They literally named a song Sweetie and Shag because they had so much fun and it was such a resonant experience to spend time with Sweetie and Shag. And while I try to be a no regrets kind of person, I'm like, ah, would have been quite nice to have my name on a um, on a battles album, and so while I try to have no regrets, it's painting with broad brushstrokes. There's a tinge of what if, perhaps if not a regret. So okay, I just want to say two things about that. Number mm. one, yes, I have a song named after me, and I had like it, it, it's it's one of those things where the the older i get and the less people remember who battles are it feels a lot less impressive to people especially to people who are now like born post you know 911 and, yeah, and you have to be like, like battles it's really cool and they're like Whoa, great but yeah that was that was super awesome but here's the thing so they 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 named a song after us because they liked the sound of our names right so we interviewed them again and it was honestly the most awkward interview ever cuz we were like so you named a song after us and they were like yeah we did 
and and there was nowhere else yeah, to like go. It must have been because you enjoyed spending time with us and liked us. And it's like, yeah, cool. Well, maybe <laughs> I don't regret it. Maybe I regret telling the story. Um, but another thing I partially regret is, look, you can hear me having a beer over here. And look, Shag, we are sponsored by Reshes now. And I can tell you this is not a Reshes and it's fucking disgusting. Yeah, Peach, and I don't I, even know why I'm drinking it. Peach, I will get you that delicious uh, case of tinnies over to you as soon as we can work out how oh, I get can... It, get it to your work and then it becomes my responsibility. I, like, I think that's fair. Like, it's got to be a bit of a bugger for you to get it to your work. And then I think, then I think the responsibility is mine to get it from your work. I think that's probably fair. Well, yeah, we, we can sort. I mean, look, I mean, the logistics of how we're going to get the sponsored like goods to you <laughs> is riveting. But let's let's keep going. Let's keep going. I've got no regrets about discussing it. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 there's one more thing I wanted to talk about mm. uh, before we get into horror. But we will get to horror really soon. You know, mm. one of you know you've been in a very good mood the last couple of episodes especially the last episode because you know obviously we did end up getting some beer from rushes which is yes a, you know essentially fulfilling a dream that you didn't like it's the it's the worst kind of you know uh it's the worst kind of lesson for you because you did no hard work to get that <laughs> adele did all the hard work adele did literally all i've all- learned <laughs> all i've learned is that if i whinge about it enough i'll get what i want <laughs> What's the... Is it Veruca Salt, who's the Willy Wonka character, who's yeah. like, I want Reshes now. But imagine if Veruca ended up with a factory. That's what happened to you. Oh, it is me. I can't believe it. <laughs> but what I, what I wanted to touch on is the fact that, you know, mm. you've started many beefs in this podcast, you know, oh, back yeah. when you were hungry, back when you were, you know... <laughs> a, like pre-sell out and one of the beefs that like you know when i listen back to the episode it's maybe 10 oh it's quite a few episodes ago now but uh british rapper skepta yeah what's up skepta <laughs> speaking of friendship homework you were like peach check this track and i was like can't wait to check it out and i haven't listened to it yet <laughs> no no i know you haven't listened to it and i need to just read out like one of my favorite rap lines in a long, long time, which is on this Skepta track. It's not oh, is a Skepta, it Skepta saying No, no, it? but it's okay, not a yeah, Skepta cool. line. It's Jamie, who <laughs> okay. is Skepta's brother, who's kind of yeah. like a nerdy comedy rapper. Like I don't, but he's also really tough. Have we spoken about all these British straight fighting TikToks that go on at the moment? No. <laughs> <laughs> like so, it's it's a proper like underground thing where you film people who are gonna have like who are gonna have a fight. That's like. And they provoke people with really weird stuff. It's like, oi, like, so they're up in Birmingham or somewhere. It's like, oh, I heard people from London can't fight. It's like, you what? You fucking think people from London can't fight? And it's like, we should fight right here. And I'm like, oh, these guys are going to fight. This is really intense. But, but there's one TikTok that's like, you want to die? You want to die, bro? And it's like, mm, yeah, come around the corner. Yeah, I want to die. Yeah, come on, let's do it. Yeah, let's find out. And it's like a prank and he's got food die. And it's this really tense situation. And it just shows that I've got no idea what's going on in the world. Because I'm like, oh, no, these guys are going to fight. But anyway, Jamie. Well, yeah, I, and I should also probably say that I watch almost none of the TikToks you send me, so we're kind of... I know that. <laughs> you know that I know that. You know that our, like, our message thread is mainly to amuse me. I, I look back on it, I'm like, Peach, classic stuff in here. You, <laughs> you just leave me on red on our on 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 message chat. Oh, That's I do. Cool. It's so bad. It is so bad. Oh, I think it's okay, because it makes me relaxed about... So I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, what do you think of that one? I'm like, mm, well... 
<laughs> just throw some more shit at the wall. <laughs> See what sticks. So wait, if I do reply, are you like, fuck, I must have hit a nerve there. Well, what's interesting is I actually get more reflective on it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's the sort of thing that Shay, like, you know, and I try to even be like times of day and stuff like that. And there are some that I'm like, oh, can't wait to hear Shag's thoughts on this one. (laughs) It's just silence. Like, weirdly, you just learn how to digital market because back in the day, advertising was like, let's just throw some ads out there. But now it's like, okay, well, I'm going to put this out. I can see all the touch points digitally. I can be like, what a... You... You've just learned how to test and learn there, my friend. Shag, coffee and a case note, over a thousand Instagram followers. That is so fucking cool. It is so fucking cool. All right. Okay. 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 So I just want to read you out this line. Like, fuck. Like, and we haven't even got to the film yet, but I just want to read you out this line. We've got to be out in 18 minutes. Like you said at the start that. (laughs) I know. I wanted to do a quick episode. And I, and I want to take it seriously. It's not your fault. I, I take it seriously as well. I'm invested in you having a fulfilling and happy life domestically. I'm keen as well. All right. So I just want to read you out this line from Jamie in this Skepta song that I really like. Do it so, in his accent and I'll listen closely. Oh, it's okay. I, I will try. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and, and like, I'm about, like, I don't really have a rapper's flow. Like, Jamie has like a perfect flow. Like, Jamie is one of those rappers who can just talk about, he's like Lil Wayne, right? You know how Lil Wayne can just talk about just dumb stuff because he's such an amazing rapper. He can just talk about anything. Mm. Jamie's kind of the same where it's like, and you'll see in this thing where he's talking about the shoes he has. It just makes you wonder if uh, he and Skepta are even related. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> go on. The, the fact that he can rap. Awesome. But he's like, What's so up, he's Skepta? Talk, so he's talking about his shoe collection and he goes, bedroom full up of SKR, but I don't want to wear them out. Not because I don't want to wear them out. I don't want to wear them out. You get me? <laughs> actually amazing and then and then it's the, the the chorus line that everybody joins in on is the you get me so he's like he's like bedroom full of SKZ he's like I want to wear them out I just don't want to wear them out you get me <laughs> it's so good it is so good that is an all time line look it, it reminds me of a TikTok that was analysing the real G's move in silence like lasagna line <laughs> and it was like actually if it was a silent G to be lasagna and, and, I mean, I mean, there is that. You get little, me. There is that little way line where it's like, I'm a venereal disease, like a menstrual flow, and you're like, <laughs> like, did you did you think this one through? And I mean, I guess the I guess the I guess the joy of Lil Wayne is that he doesn't. He just puts things. He Lil Wayne is your message threat. He just throws things out. He's just like, he's like, what's gonna what's gonna work? Who cares? Let's just see. He he is look without wanting to genuinely respond to that. He, like, he is how I approach building a legal practice online. Like, do you remember that 2008 <laughs> this is, documentary? This is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, his 2008 documentary where it's like, I take a mic everywhere I go. So wherever I am, I'm just going to spit a verse. And if I feel like spitting a verse right now, I'm going to go right now. Because I'm amazing and I'm in the form of my life. And if I want to put out fucking three mixtapes this month, um, then I need someone around me who can record right now. And then he brags about being a one-take Timmy. Do you remember this line when we watched that 2008 documentary that he didn't approve of? Fucking hell, I do remember this. Jesus. And he speaks into the mic and he goes, he got one-take Timmy. Give me a Grammy, an Oscar, and an Emmy. And he just says it off the top and then just goes and does like 16. He, like, he just does like four bars and he's like, yeah, okay, wait, play it back. And then just does two more bars. Like he just writes the song as it goes. It's not Jay-Z. 
You know how in Fade to Black, how Jay Z he puts it together in his head and then he spits it. Whereas Lil Wayne raps like I used to rap of like, oh, here's four good bars. Bip, dip, 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 dip. <sighs> okay, better come up with some more bars. All right, <laughs> dip, 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 dip. like, like <laughs> but he just does like three songs a night. Being like, I'm a venereal disease, exactly as you <laughs> like say. Like a menstrual flight. Anyway, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. All right, well, look, to move on to Spooko, the podcast that we do where we're mm-hmm. trying to get... The horror over. movie uh, rap beef podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Reshes, what is up? Have you seen that mm. uh, internet challenge that's going around on socials at the moment where it asks you to screen grab a shot from a film that has never left your mind? Oh, I saw it in a tweet from Too Spook, Too Scared Didn't Watch. Mm, mm. Well, it's it's kind of it's going around a lot of places at the moment. If I said that to you, just off the dome, is there is there like a shot from a film that has just never left your mind? Um, I think probably the 1986 Transformers movie where Optimus Prime, you know how he's like slightly redeemed and is driving back in truck form, and he up in the air. And how you know how the Transformers are always wildly inconsistent with how much they could damage each other, and sometimes yeah. because it served the story, they could damage each other heaps. And in this one, just one shot from Optimus Prime's gun totally killed any Decepticon that it touched. And it's just this moment where he's got these little jets in his hips, and he psh, he like he psh, jets up, and he's like flying through the sky. So maybe that, maybe that's like sits in my head. Well, weirdly enough, mm. is yours also Transformers? <laughs> So, so what I've noticed is a lot of them were mm. horror films that I saw, you know, mm. when I was following this thread on Twitter. Mm. And to me, like, I mean, obviously that's going to, you know, affect my thinking. It's like, mm. whatever that, it's, it's not confirmation bias, but it's something like that, where it's like, if somebody gives you an open question, but then gives you some examples, you're immediately going to be affected by those examples. So, but there is like a horror scene that has never left me and not in a good way. And we've talked about this before. Like, remember when we did Friday the 13th and then it actually turns out that Jason Voorhees isn't even in it because the bad oh, guy... Oh, so the hand coming up is the iconic thing? Is that the iconic thing? That is the iconic... But that's not the scene that has never left me. So there's mm. a moment in that film. Mm. And and before I get to this moment, it's it's this thing where, you know, we, we joke about how 80s horror films are goofy. Yes. But 80s slasher films are so insanely brutal. And I I kind of forget, because we do this podcast and it's kind of fun, but when I was doing this challenge, I remember this scene from Friday the 13th where this girl gets an axe into her face, like right into her face, right? And in most... If this is like, you know, uh, a hereditary or something, that becomes the key scene that everyone talks about. But in Friday the 13th, it's just one of the many, many deaths. And I remember seeing this scene when I was going through my like horror phase in my early 20s, yeah. being, like wanting to see all these films that I remember from the video store. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd peek, I'd peek into and be like, I wonder what that's like. And I just remember seeing this scene and like just expecting the camera to cut away. And it just doesn't. And this axe just goes straight into this girl's face and she's screaming. And it's like, it, it, it's never left me and not in a good way. <laughs> And what I think is funny is for me, I'm like, fucking hell, that's gross. Like, cool. Maybe that's, that's the part of horror. That's just not my favorite thing. Whereas for other people, that's their favorite thing for other people, like the gore, the craziness. And I guess it's not because they like seeing that. It's like, it's probably the effects. It's probably the, the, the grossness of it. You know, all these things. It's like, I'm not going to like, you know, kink shame anybody about, you know, what they're into. But basically there are contemporary films 
the you know try to riff on these 80s slasher films by being just as gory as possible <sighs> but what i do think they forget to do is you know bring in the story and the the things that made those films so great and so much more than the deaths um but I did want to do this film because for two reasons. Yeah. Number one, it was a suggestion by yeah, a suggestion by a friend of the pod, Luke, who's um, been giving us some sick suggestions. Luke, mm. thank you so much. Luke, what's up? But number two, it is a film that shows up on a lot of lists. Like it's it's a, it's definitely a contemporary cult film. Like it's 2016, so it's hard to call it a cult film just yet because yeah, okay. it's you know it's really not that old. But it is a film that a lot of people talk about. It was made for a hundred thousand dollars, which is crazy considering how much attention it gets online. Uh, Peach, today we're doing a film called Terrifier. Sick. What's wrong? What? Why? Keep looking over your shoulder. So we've discussed before that um, on our Instagram, um, there's a set of stories I'm doing where I'm trying to look at scary images and decode what makes things scary. And I'm piggybacking on a point that you made earlier, Shag, and it's taking the familiar and switching the context in sort of a uncomfortable or bizarre way. And there's something about surgical instruments that are dirty or like things that are designed to heal used to hurt. Like there's something so deeply fundamentally uncomfortable about that that I find it really disconcerting. Maybe that's what horror is. You, like you've spoken about being spun off your axis. It's, it's, it's literally being horrified. It's seeing something that, that you just say no, that, that you are revolted by, that is against your instinct. Peach, I, 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 I did think it was time, you know, especially after Jennifer's Body, which is such a fun film, mm. to get back to genuinely unsettling you and making you feel uncomfortable. Oh, uh, this, you know, this is up there with Hostel. This is up there with The Human Centipede in terms of just just awful upsetting films. I'm look, I'm not a fan of this, but at the same time, you you know what's you know what's funny though? This is this is a brutal evil film and yet it has relatively good reviews everywhere you go. On like Metacritic it's 60 it's sitting at like 60%. You know, Rotten Tomatoes it's like 64 and IMDb it's like 3 out of 5. It's like people like this film. And so it's like I just wanted to I wanted to expose you to it because this is very much a kind of contemporary horror but at the same time for everybody listening because I feel like you know when I speak to people you know uh, who listen to the show I feel mm. like people are definitely either a shag or a peach 
and this was suggested by a shag and I think this episode is for the peaches who might tiptoe around the horror section you know in the video store or on yeah. you know Netflix or whatever you know browse the titles to get like a little bit of a like a feeling but like be like oh I could never watch that this is one of those episodes where it's like okay mm-hmm. let's see what's behind this cover let's see what happens yeah. in Terrify one of the other things I do want to say though is that when people are such huge fans of, you know, the goriness of slasher films and, you know, they, they spend all their time going, okay, well, we need, like, the scariest villain. And in this case, okay, well, it's got to be an evil clown who has, like, black gums. So his name's Art the Clown. I'm going to spoil the film and say we never really understand who he is. He's just an evil clown that likes to torture people, which I think isn't that scary in the long run. Like, give you're us so, something. You're so, you're so right. You're so right. Um, the, you know, because it's equivalent to this, the evil spirit from the hell dimension. You're like, okay, well, I guess it's pretty evil then. Like, you, you know, like, there's sort of nowhere to go. Of like, well, cool. It's like, it is a one note thing. Um, whereas, you know, vulnerabilities and details and extra dimensions sort of can add to the spook out hugely. I think completely completely and and then I guess the other thing I want to talk about with this is you know it that lack of artfulness and like it sounds like I'm crushing on this I'm not like this is a genre piece and they do it very well and you know I skim watch it because I didn't really want to watch all the deaths that much but it's enjoyable for what it is so there's a sort of it, it does what it says on the tin kind kind of vibe of exactly, like, yeah, here's exactly. your fucking violent horror film yeah okay. here's, a, here's an evil violent film about a scary clown that's really spooky and it's like cool yeah it, it does all that right mm. I and I'm and I'm really glad that you set this, set this podcast up by saying how good you are at, you know, just coming off the dome with ideas. Uh-uh. Because I genuinely think Terrifier might be the laziest, worst name for a horror film ever. And I reckon if I gave you 30 seconds, you could come up with a better name for a horror film. I strongly agree. Look, Eyes Up is still one of the best named. Oh, sorry, no, Kinder is actually one of the best named horror actually, films of all Kinder time. Actually, Kinder is so Kinder, good. Like, I've already done that. That's like, I'm... Having named two horror films, one a reasonable five and a half out of ten name, and one a genuine eight and a half, nine out of ten name, I'm feeling good. I get chills thinking about the name Kinder, although you lose marks for the fact that originally you thought the people would be like, is it Kinder or Kinder? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I think that's fair that I lose marks for that. I, I, don't, I don't really think I can defend that. I was like, no. And then like, watching your face, I'm like, no, nah, it's not that. I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, cool. <laughs> I do enjoy, so look, not to, like, we've mentioned Coffee and a Case not a few a few times now, so a podcast came out recently called Coffee and Case, and there what? is an no. Instagram account called Coffee and Case Books, and so my long-held position has been, like, fucking whatever, Coffee and a Case don't for the people, like, who can, ugh, registering a trademarks for nerds, man, and I'm cool, like, I'm not gonna, like, whatever. And then it happens and I'm like, motherfucker, I'll eat your face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, like, part of me is like, how crazy would it be if someone actually made a film called Kinder based on our idea? And I'm like, actually, if that happened, I'd be super pissed. (laughs) But would we have any, like, like, no, none at all. Oh, we could make the argument. Like, it'd be a clumsy argument of like misleading and deceptive conduct but there's no intellectual like there's nothing we own there remember how you actually define it better than 
99.9% of intellectual property lawyers, when you just off the cuff said, oh, so there's no copyright in an idea. And that's right. Mm-hmm. So there's no copyright in that idea, but like the words we might put in the script or the images we might put on the screen, the expression of the idea, we can copyright that. But broadly speaking, what we've said on here, fucking hell, I'll be so pissed if someone makes that film. To be fair, like I'm okay if British rapper Bugsy Malone decides to make Eyes Up. Like I'm the king of the north is like sick, <laughs> I gotta make this film. I'm not gonna stand in his way. Hey, is King of the North a Game of Thrones reference that I only just got now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> well, you just like that's a sweet nickname. <laughs> well, I did like. I'm not sure if I've told you like the, where I steal these images from is for like you know you know Reddit how sort of no one knows what it like I never really knew what it was and there's an Australian law subreddit and I found that and then there's a subreddit called Creepy which is where I find these images. Um, there's a subreddit called Out of the Loop where you can go check stuff. And I was like, Out of the Loop? Like, what's fucking Game of Thrones all about? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, King of the North is like a thing. <laughs> and so Bugsy Malone, King of the North. It, uh, frankly, if he produced it and was like, mm, came up with this idea, I'd be like, hmm, cool. I'd be pretty pissed off, I think. All right. Well, look, sh- let, let's jump into this. This is Terrifier from 2016. We have one minute to uh, complete this. <laughs> <laughs> it was created by a guy called Damien Leone, who like props to this dude because he made a short film in like the, the late noughties about this character. Then this character appeared in a uh, anthology film called All Hallows Eve, which I think is the original name for Halloween or something like that. And th- everybody liked this character of Art the Clown. Uh, which featured in uh, All Hallows' Eve. So he decided to make a movie about it. And weirdly enough, All Hallows' Eve is kind of a tame anthology and Terrify just cranks the gore right up. And and you'll see in the deaths that happen in this film. Um, so yeah, made in 2016 for 100 grand, which really is not much. Uh, there's a sequel to it that's currently in development because it really has gained traction over the last couple of years. And like I said, if you go anywhere they're talking about horror films, people have heard of this film, people have probably seen it, and people are talking about it, and people really do like Art the Clown. Anyway, all right, let's start. Okay, so we start with Monica Brown, who's a talk show host, and she's interviewing a severely... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she's interview- no, sorry, it's just like such like a non sequitur. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> But <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, go, go, go. No, 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 you're gonna hate this because it's that classic news ex machina where it's like, let's have a news <laughs> story about the crazy thing that happened last year. <laughs> so, Monica Brown's a talk show host, she's interviewing a severely disfigured woman. Now, her face is just like it's 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 basically you, you, you kind of can't really see what like everything's closed up. Clearly, some terrible things have happened to her face. <sighs> um, Now, she's the only survivor of a massacre that took place on the previous Halloween. Brown mentions that the body of the killer, known only as Art the Clown, disappeared from the morgue, suggesting that he is still alive. However, the disfigured woman insists that she saw him die. After the show... Like, does a body get to the morgue and still be alive? Yeah, no. no. Yeah. Peach, like, yeah, the, okay. the twist in this film, which has already been uh, foreshadowed, <laughs> sucks so much. But anyway, let's keep going. Oh, so... what, he's a talk show host or something? <laughs> <laughs> so after the show, Monica insults the woman's appearance, because of course that is exactly what would happen. Uh, oh after my which God. The, after which the woman attacks Monica and gouges her eyes out. 
What? Yeah. It, you should also... So, like, shout out to Too Scary Didn't Watch who do, like, horror bingo cards. You can tick off all the horror bingo things that would happen. Like, you already talked about the, the scary, dirty surgical equipment in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything to do with eyes. Like, nobody likes eye yeah. horror. That's already happened. That's, like, two... Like, it's, like, twice we've said drink already. Martin bingos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. twice. Bloody hell. So, okay. So, we cut back to the previous Halloween. Mm. So, it's Halloween night... And two friends, Tara and Dawn, leave a Halloween party and drunkenly wander back to Dawn's car where they notice a strange man in a clown costume. The man, Art the Clown... Like, we don't know he's Art... Like, it's just like... Because it's Wikipedia. Art the Clown follows... (laughs) It's that guy from that short film. (laughs) (laughs) It's the guy from All Hallows Eve. (laughs) So he follows them into a nearby pizzeria. After a short time... The restaurant owner roughly escorts Art from the premises for smearing his own feces all over the bathroom wall. And again, it's like, I'm a crazy character because I put my poo on the wall. But does he even like, like, is it even consistent with what he's about to do? Like, there's no poo on his hands on the surgical instruments that we see in the... Mm. (sighs) That's also how you get conjunctivitis. If you get poo on your hands and then you touch your eyes. Uh, Shag, you're about to be raising a preschool child, so enjoy three years of occasional conjunctivitis and being fucking embarrassed about it. So, kudos to you. We had a moment uh, with Golden Child where there was an incident that happened during bath time, and I realised, wow, every time I've been to a friend's house who is also a parent, there's probably been poo on that bathroom floor. Like, there's almost... In fact, there's almost definitely... I'm almost definitely walking over poo, mm-hmm. like the remnants of poo. And that's just... That's just the reality of life. I remember seeing a movie trailer of someone, like, sniffing fingers or something. I was like, is that shit or is that chocolate? Is it shit or chocolate? And I'm... <laughs> chocolate. Okay. And I was like... I was like, whoa, what an amazing joke. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of like it. We have to do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so Art gets escorted out of this place. It's like, now you leave the place. Stop putting poo on my walls. (laughs) I love this movie. (laughs) Now the girls discover... The girls discover that one of Dawn's car tires has been slashed. And she calls her sister Vicky to come pick them up. While waiting... Now, 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 now. If one's car tires are slashed, one can still drive one's car. Can one not? Yeah, you just change the one tire that's... Oh, yeah, no, well, I mean, you'd have yeah, to change that tire. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Okay, no, sorry, I accept that. Uh, while waiting, Tara asks a nearby pest control worker, Mike, if she can enter the derelict apartment building he's working in to use the restroom. I'm also kind of like, if, if, if it's a derelict, why are they doing pest control? Yeah, strongly agree. Um, <laughs> uh, Look, I feel like we go into victim-blaming territory here of, like, if you've got enough savvy to call your sister to come help you out, but then, if on the other hand, you're like, I'm just going to find this weird guy and just ask him to let me into a lockable, weird building you know, with no one else around because I need to do a wee. Yeah, okay. But no victim-blaming on so, here. Sorry, Marky Bingo's. So once inside, Tara encounters a deluded woman credited as Cat Lady who believes the doll she carries is her infant child. Scary doll. Like, that's another Scary like, doll, Mark Bingo's. Fuck. She's probably wearing a dirty nighty as well. So Mark oh, Bingo's for that. <laughs> and be like, my <laughs> child. Yeah. I fast forwarded through this bit, so I can't remember what actually happened. It sounds actually fucking boring, this bit, I've got to say. <laughs> 
Art returns to the pizzeria where he kills and mutilates the two workers before abducting Dawn. It's just like, you know, and it, it's not it's not the best effects, but because it's all shot very dark and black and, you know, the, yeah. the blood is liberal, it, it feels pretty gross. Because he's dressed like that um, Italian clown, isn't he? Like San Giovese or whatever he's called. Hey, it's me, Cirque du Soleil, whatever that clown's called. Yeah, it's like that the Pulcinello. great Pugliucci or whatever. Where it's yeah, like, Bagliotti, yeah. That, that guy goes to the doctor and he's like, yeah, anyway. Anyway, so, okay, so... So Tara soon encounters Art inside the apartment building. He pursues her through the... Sorry to interrupt. Luke's mum's Italian. Luke, ask your mum what the clown's called, blood, and let us know if that's all right. (laughs) Bagley Archie, I'm going with. He pursues her through the indoor mechanics garage and stabs her with a scalpel. She tries to alert Mike, but Art drugs her. Tara awakens bound to a chair, and Art reveals Dawn suspended upside down from the ceiling. He forces Tara to watch as he saws Dawn in half with a handsaw. Also, while he's doing all this stuff, he's doing heaps of, like, clown stuff. So he's riding on, like, a little bike and he's doing, like, mimes and stuff. But then it's like, oh, I'm doing a mime, but then I'm, like, sawing someone in half. But now I'm on a little... Like, you know, it's like... They're, they're very much trying to play up the fact that he is a clown, but he's also, like, doing all this torture. Like, yeah, what are we meant to say? It's like, oh, kill. Congrats. Tara escapes... But Art draws a handgun and shoots her to death. The cat lady witnesses so, this. So, and... so she doesn't really escape. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. That's some good Wikipedia drafting. <laughs> the cat lady witnesses this and begs Mike to call the police. Mike dismisses her as insane. Bit gaslighting, of, like, I love that they Mark even Gaslighting in here. Fuck. But Art soon knocks him unconscious with a hammer. The cat lady discovers Art cradling her doll. In a plea for the return of her child, she tries to show motherly compassion to Art by cradling him. So, again, like an Eater Pool sort of like. Yeah. yeah, but she thinks dolls are people. Like, <laughs> what's going on in this film? This is a classic back of the napkin, back of the beer coaster script of like, wouldn't it be crazy? if we stitch together all these cliches we can do it you guys so Vicky arrives to take Tara and Dawn home but is lured into the basement by Art again like if you're lured into the basement by a scary clown like no victim blaming but what are you doing it's a derelict basement the clown, the clown genre, the clown, scary clown genre is good for victim blaming because isn't Georgie like, oh, let's go chat to this clown in the drain? <laughs> this evil clown. In it, he's like, oh, I better check, better check this out. And also, presumably, this film is set now. No one has found a clown like enjoyable or pleasant like since the eighties, anyway. And like again, since the original it film, like clowns completely changed into a, a like film monster. Like imagine if you saw a clown today, you'd be like. Classic, ironic, like, just the levels, the cultural layers that you have to play with and understand you're playing with in order to do any clown work. It's just a, like, it's sort of an unworkable palimpsest. It's like, so, anyway, this is, this is, this is boring, but like, there's just no conceivable arena for there to be a clown today. It doesn't make sense. It would it would be like being in a horror film in real life because that clown shouldn't be there. Also, the clown shouldn't have black gums and shouldn't be carrying a scalpel. There's no way. Like, the, the, the one signifier that something fucked up is about to happen if a scalpel exists anywhere outside of an operating room. Yeah, hugely agree. Out of context. It is the ultimate, like, horror horcrux. It's like you remove a 
scalpel from an operating room and it becomes the scariest fucking thing in the world. But also, is it? Like, if you were to fight someone who was carrying a scalpel <laughs> and they could kill you in a very, very small, precise slice of your carotid artery in your neck, but if they sliced your arm, you'd be like, oof, oh, oh that hurt. Okay, back to, back to fighting you. Look, and, you know, she's going to listen to this and I hope I don't get this wrong, but Adele always says, it's like, she worked in emergency and it's like, it's so much worse to be shot than to be like, you know, stabbed because like any sort of blade thing, like you have to do, a, you have to do a lot to get damaged. You have to, to your point, you have to get like the right artery. You have to do the right thing. Like a lot has to go wrong for you to be killed in a knife attack. So, so you're right. Like it really shouldn't be the scariest thing in the world. But And it's a very small knife too. That's the other thing. It's tiny. And the sharp like bit is like knife. a centimeter long. It's like, well, congrats. So Shag, you've said a lot of classic things over the years, but I think one of the most classic and underrated things you've said is something you didn't respond to and I raised it in our text messages. You'll be shocked to hear. I was sad when you didn't, when you didn't um, go for this bait. But in about 2011, you had this Facebook status update that should have been a tweet. There was something like, oh, how many fucking times does Luther have to save the city for internal affairs to leave him alone? <laughs> and if you don't know who Luther is, Luther is, the, is this Idris Elba, like amazing police detective character. And in season three... Like, he's just utterly Superman. He gets shot in the leg in whatever that femoral artery, whatever that leg artery is, and he's like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> Takes off his tie, ties it up, and sort of limps off to the pub, and it's like, oh, bugger, the old femoral artery. And, and the best thing about Luther is, it's basically like every week, a new art the clown is terrorizing yep. London, and only Luther can solve the mystery, and he yep. always solves it. Like, he's always sitting in his office, right? And, like, we're halfway through the, the episode, and then it'll be like, hang on, did he say he was from <laughs> London? That wasn't a London accent. And then he works it out, and then, he, and then they solve the crime. And then <sighs> there's, like, you're right, there's a big climactic battle, and, like, he gets mortally wounded, but somehow he's fine the next day. <laughs> And yeah, it's a perfect. Show. Basically, it's a perfect show. It's Idris Elba's but finest role. Internal affairs still won't get off his back. <laughs> <laughs> and he's always like, "I literally saved London from another clown terrorist," and they're like, "Uh huh." And all the damage you did. Uh, don't forget about that. Good procedure nine point one, Luther. It's like I don't care about procedure nine point one. <laughs> I'm saving like- London again. <laughs> doing paperwork for weeks after this <laughs> you were oh fucking Luther <laughs> okay alright okay so so you remember Vicky was the sister who was coming to pick them up she's now been lured into the I sort of don't by, perfectly oh. remember this film sucks <laughs> but, but yeah like let's keep going alright so this is where like the movie goes into like overdrive but uh she she thinks she sees Tara. Now, remember, Tara's dead. But she thinks she sees Tara. Uh, but it's actually Art, who has severely mutilated the cat lady and is wearing her scalp and breasts. Now, like... <laughs> like, Sorry. gross. Gross. But again, like, the worst trope of all, skin wearing is never a convincing disguise. Ever. Well, it's just bizarre. But, like, how does even the size work? Like, so imagine if you killed me, cut off my skin and wore it. <laughs> Like just the nature of it, the eyes would be put would be too close together, and you wouldn't really be able to see out, and blood would like drip into your eyes and such, and you wouldn't be able to fit your mouth. 
but then you wouldn't, then you wouldn't be able to put it on your head. Like, just even the logistics. It would look like you'd had, like, really bad Botox. Like, you just couldn't move your face. And everyone would be like, Peach, what's going on? And I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> but is the purpose for a disguise? Is he like, oh, it's me? <laughs> Yeah, because he, he's just an evil and crazy guy. So, anyway, so Mike's co-worker arrives, uh, arrives looking for him, but is decapitated by Art. Vic, pull one out. Okay, so Vic, <laughs> pull one out for Mike's dead homie. <laughs> now, Vicky escapes, but stops to grieve upon finding her sister's corpse, which is a bad move in a nah, horror film. Nah, like get this. out of here. Get out of there. Mobile phones don't exist in this world as well. Is there some like, oh, shit, it's the one night a year when mobile phones don't work. All the networks are down. <laughs> so Art then attacks her with a makeshift cat of nine tails. But Mike arrives oh. suddenly and knocks Art unconscious. The two flee and call 911. But before they can escape, Art appears and kills Mike. Vicky retreats he wasn't that into a unconscious. Garage. He's only medium unconscious. <laughs> Vicky retreats into a garage and Art rams through the door with a pickup truck, causing further injury to Vicky. As she lies helplessly, Art begins to eat her face. Uh, uh, okay. Police arrive, but Art shoots himself in the head with a pistol before the officers can apprehend him. Now, Art's body is taken to a morgue along with the bodies of his deceased victims. When the medical examiner unzips Art's body bag, Art reanimates and strangles him to death. One year later, Vicky is released from the hospital after rehabilitation from the injuries inflicted by Art. She is revealed to be the severely disfigured woman from the film's opening scene. The end. That was Terrifier. <sighs> Setting us up for the sequel, Terrifier 2, coming very soon. Peach, what did you think? I think it sucked, but 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 I, I also think it's easy to talk shit from the sidelines. So it's easy for me to say it sucked. I've had two cracks at a horror film now, neither of which have been elevated to cult status. So, you know, like I can talk, I can sit her on the sidelines and snipe away. It's not the sort of horror film that excites me. I just, for me, I'm like... Uh, the, the cannibalism at the end, I'm a bit like, I get that he's like a, he's, he's precise and he likes to kill people and whatever. And then he just decides to eat people. I'm like, does he really do every bad thing? Like, surely, like, is it better if he like, surely you want to stay in your lane of badness? Because if you actually do all the bad things, is that not, it, that just stops being scary. But the first... like, he's like the Superman of bad things. It's like, if you have all the powers, it's like, who cares? But the first bad thing he does is smear poo on the walls. It's like, oh, okay. You love smearing poo. It's like, oh, no. I, no. And then it's like... Yeah, because he doesn't do it again. He does it once. He's like, I smeared some poo. And it's like, well... And then he gets, that, man, he gets like happen? beaten up and manhandled by the pizzeria owner. He's like, oh, shit, man. This pizzeria owner's really, <laughs> really messing me around. And then at the end, it turns out he's unkillable and can live forever. It's like, well... And when you, when you knock him unconscious, he wakes up straight away. It's like, well, like, is he easy to beat up or hard to beat up? Or like, what is he? It is funny that... He basically wanted to kill absolutely everybody except the pizzeria owner. The pizzeria owner, he's like, you know what? You can manhandle me. And yeah, he's I'm like, gonna no, you man, look, yeah, you got me this time. And, you know, like, <laughs> I'm a big enough clown to know when I've been outgunned. <laughs> yeah, like, well. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Luke, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, man. Reshes, thank you so much. Oh, I wish it was a Reshes and not a shitty independent brewery beer I was drinking. Ugh. Please keep your suggestions coming. Follow yeah, us on Insta. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts yes. or wherever you listen to us. Guys, once again, speaker. Peace. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?